This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. Huggies has more curves and outstanding active fit. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Hey there, it's Jonas Knox. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, Car and Drivers Into Cars, a production of Car and Driver and iHeartMedia's Ruby Studio, hosted by Eddie Alterman and Tony Quiroga. Into Cars is the ultimate podcast for car lovers. Whether you're in the market for a new set of wheels or just love the sound of a V8, Car and Drivers panel of editors, test drive and review today's hottest new rides with zero filter. Car and Drivers Into Cars is brought to you by eBay Motors. All the parts you need at the prices you want guaranteed to fit your ride every time visit ebaymotors.com for more eligible items only exclusions apply listen to car and drivers into cars available wherever you get your podcasts oh 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 o'reilly check engine light on take the guesswork out of your check engine light with o'reilly veriscan it's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians. And if you need help, we can recommend a shop for you. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Joined now by Charles Davis at CFD 22. And Charles, you were uh, on the road in Kansas City for the game between the Vikings and the Chiefs. I want to start with this question. What, if anything, did you learn about Patrick Mahomes and his health uh, in terms of where they are with the Chiefs? I think they're just being extremely cautious with him, which is the right move. And they were fortunate enough that they did the right thing with him regardless of winning and losing, but they were able to get a win. And I I had tongue-in-cheek predicted with my own crew the week before, hey, if Green Bay beats Kansas City, we'll see Mahomes next week because they got to get him going again. But we all knew that when push came to shove, if there's any doubt at all, Kansas City would do the right thing and save him from himself. Because this kid, I mean, legitimately, Clay, when he dislocated his knee in Denver and then they put it back in and he walked off, I got this from from non-Kansas City people, that the the young man was lobbying like you would not believe to get back into the Denver game. Wow. Because that's just kind of who he is. Yeah. And then we were able to watch him at practice, 
and he has been practicing, so I'm not telling any tales out of school, but he was working with the scout team, you know, to, to try, you know, just to get some work in and what have you. And I was like, man, you were throwing lasers. You're not helping your first team's defenses, uh, you know, confidence and all that. And he said, hey, I told them they're gonna, this is the best look they're going to get to get ready for a game because that's just, again, who this kid is. So they're going to make sure. And I think Jay Glazer gave us a report um, in the pregame show that he had talked with the, you know, the specialists, and they said 21 days after an injury like he suffered and, of course, how fortunate he was and how he suffered it, they said, if you bring him back within 21 days, it's a 40% or better chance of it happening again. If you get past 21 days, that percentage drops to 15 or, or below. So that made perfect sense if Kansas City's operating off of that timetable. He misses this one. He could come back this week. If I were Kansas City, I would probably consider waiting till Mexico City, but I've checked the field conditions there. Yeah, first, no kidding. Considering what had happened. But that's just where they are. They, you know, He wants to play. It's kind of the Drew Brees thing. Remember? Drew Brees with the thumb. We kept saying, well, wait till the open week and then come back for the Atlanta game. And Drew Brees like, are you kidding me? You know, plus plus my backup's playing really well. <laughs> I got to get back. And he came back and played and played well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes played this week. It's still a pretty high injury risk, though, when you hear that 10 or 15% from it Jay is. Glazer, you know, that this it thing is. could happen again, which theoretically would sideline him for the rest of the year because I don't think there's any way if it happened again they would bring him back. Yeah. So that'll certainly be worth paying attention to whenever they decide to bring him back. Let's go to the other side of the ball here. What did you learn about the Vikings, if anything, in that defeat? That they're, that they're still very good. I, look, when you say one team didn't play well, you know what that usually means, right? The fans of the other team are like, you're not giving my team credit. Right? You know how it yes. goes, Clay. Yes. Like, if you go, ah, the Vikings, I don't think they played, they played their best game. Well, 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 I'm in Kansas City. How can you say that? I'm not saying that. But the truth is, they didn't play their best game. I thought that offensively, I didn't like their I didn't like their plan. I didn't like their flow. To me, I said it during the game that you know number thirty three Dalvin Cook is pretty darn good, and there's a reason he should be touching the football. Considering the Chiefs were number thirty out of thirty two teams in the league against the run, you know this isn't a one or two game sample, right, Clay? We're talking eight games in, right? 145 yards per game given up. I might want to test that a little bit, especially with a runner like Cook. Then the argument comes in. Well, you know, they got eight and nine in the box. You kept showing that, Davis. I mean, it's hard to run against. Okay, I go back. If you want to talk today's football, let's talk analytics then. It, analytics show that the number one runner against seven or more people in the box this year is, wait for it, Dalvin Cook. He has the most yards. So this is not unusual. This is something you see. Yet, I didn't see Minnesota stay with it. They didn't press it. And then at halftime, Pam Oliver, our, our colleague, our sideline reporter, reported to us that Mike Zimmer essentially told her he thought his offense was too cute in the first half. She speaks Zim very well. That's code for we didn't run the football enough. That was my point. You know, yeah. stay with it. Press it against a team that hasn't stopped people. They really didn't do that, yet they were in the game the entire way. The defense is good. They gave up an unusual play, a 91-yard touchdown run to, to Damian Williams. And then, of course, it was fun to watch Tyreek Hill catch him and escort him in because Tyreek Hill is really, really fast. He's yeah. faster than the average person. Yeah. So I just didn't think they played their best game, Clay. So bottom line is 
don't discount Minnesota at all. I still think they're a prime contender. But I'll leave it at this. I do think offensively they remind me of Dallas. When Zeke is very good, Dak's a lot better. When Dalvin Cook is very good for, for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is a lot better. I think it's a very much the same symbiotic relationship between running it and allowing your quarterback to throw it. We're talking to Charles Davis at CFD 22. He had the game between the Vikings and the Chiefs this weekend in Kansas City. Let's go back to the Kansas City side. Matt Moore. The Chiefs have to be ecstatic about what they got out of him, right? He could have very easily beaten the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they were very much in the mix there. And then he was pretty good uh, to to outstanding relative to expectations against, uh, against the Vikings. And that might be one reason why if you're sitting around and you're looking at the Titans, you might think, hey, okay, maybe the ship has sailed on the idea that we're going to get a buy because of the injury to, uh, to Patrick Mahomes. But if we're going to win our division, and I still think the Chiefs have to feel incredibly good about winning their division based on how much of a lead they have over both the Raiders and the Chargers in their division – Maybe you go ahead and rest Patrick Mahomes a little bit more because you feel like worst-case scenario, you're probably going to split, let's be honest, against yep. uh, the Titans and the Chargers. And then you're in the bye week. And, yeah, absolute worst. You're coming out sitting at, what, 7-4 and four, uh, with a uh, with a really good shot. And you have a good chance, honestly, to win both those games and go 8-3. and three. Yeah, I think there's a very good school of thought with that because, look, Everyone wants the, the open week. Everyone wants the home game. Everyone wants that. But the bigger thing is to be healthy in the playoffs and yep. be playing your best. If, if you look at the numbers for the season already about regular season home games, road teams, it is frighteningly close <laughs> in terms of road teams winning. Yes. It was, and even more, it was much more so going into last weekend. Because last weekend we had an unusual weekend, Clay. The home teams won all their games, the natural home teams. Jacksonville was a home team, but they were in London. But those who played in their home stadiums prior to last night had won all their games, which was an unusual week in the NFL. Okay? But for the most part this year, road teams have won at a rate way higher than normal. I don't know that the road is as daunting as it used to be for a variety of reasons. Of course, we'll end up having shows about that at some point. But the big thing is if Mahomes is healthy and playing better, that's worth going on the road with as opposed to him not being quite himself and having a home game. Because remember, they've already lost three at home. So that might blow that theory up a little bit. Everyone would rather be at home. We get it. But I will tell you this, Clay. If Patrick Mahomes, who had a bad ankle and had had been nursing it for most of the year, and that Denver game, the series before he hurt his knee, I don't know if you remember this, Troy Aikman said – I wouldn't run him at all tonight. Like, yeah. I wouldn't come close to that. He said, I played at the bottom of a pile. Things happen. The very next series, here comes the play, sneak, something happened. I'm not saying Troy had it totally right because, you know, things are freaky. But his point to me was well taken. Why are you going to run this kid here? And if Andy Reid's going to do that then – He's not going to sit out, <laughs> okay? I'm just telling you, it's not going to go to where they go. You know something, Oakland, no, no. as soon as the doctors clear him, this young man's going to play. Uh, I'm, I'm curious on this. Uh, let, let's leave behind the game that, uh, that you called. The number of guys that, and I'm sure when you go around and you meet with teams and you meet with coaches, the number of guys that it seems like in the NFL, and, and it's not just the NFL, it's, I think they're a reflection of society in general, 
who are addicted to social media, be it Twitter, be it Instagram, uh, be it you know TikTok, which is now wildly popular, whatever the uh, whatever the the social media device is, does it still stun you that a guy would come in from his game, get his phone, and like the Cleveland Browns situation with Jermaine Whitehead, be on Twitter? still sitting in his pads and his uniform, going back and forth with anonymous people who were insulting his play. As a guy who didn't have social media when you played, is that – I mean, I feel like an old man when – I mean, I'm active on social media, obviously. It's my job. Sure. I share my opinions. Sure. It's, it's a requirement. But the idea that if I were a pro athlete, the first thing I would do when I come in off the field still sitting in my uniform is go look at what random people are saying about me on social media – is crazy, yet I think it's insanely commonplace. Look, I'm as I'm as get off my lawn as it gets, Clay. Yeah. All right. You got to understand at 54. Okay. I, look, if it were up to me, in so many ways, social media, I'd be fine if it one, it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I didn't have to quote unquote do it. Yeah. And I've had to evolve myself. But let me just say very succinctly. I actually understand because I've watched it now, having helped raise a couple of kids, watched how that world works now, and just us being us in our business, affirmation is a big part of us. There are very few of us, as you know, Clay, that actually thrive on criticism as opposed to affirmation. Right. right? There are few of us that go on social media and can't wait to spar and go at it with people. Actually, in a lot of ways, admire those people who can do it because I'm not as, you know, crocodile skinned as those people are. So I had to evolve myself with social media. I used to do a game myself, Clay, and come out after the game and turn on social media to see what people would say. And you know what I learned? That was a dumb idea <laughs> because cause people are responding in the moment of the game. Yep. And you are essentially, if your team is losing, you're a moron. Yep. So, so when I turned it on, I found out I was sapping my joy. I won't even look at it now until at least Tuesday, usually Wednesday. Yep. It's just not worth it. Just let it kind of clear out. So I totally get where these, get, these kids, I call them kids because I'm 54, they will come in and immediately look at it. Now, going back and forth should be something about maturity, like now's not the time, 24-hour rule, cooling off period in the locker room, and he blew it and cost himself a roster spot. Because I saw some of the things he tweeted back at people. It's one thing to tweet back like, yeah, you know, hey, hey Davis, you, you're the worst. Yeah, 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 you are too. Yeah. Everyone will live with that. But he got personal. He, got race, he brought race into it. Yeah. He did all the things you cannot do. And in a lot of ways, I applaud Cleveland for cutting him. But I will tell you this, if he were a all-pro, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't have cut him. Him. They would have just fined him. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the other part is they're having a bad year, and he becomes the fall guy for their bad year to show people that they are still engaged and involved. They're having a bad year of, of their own making and set themselves up for this bad year. You know, it, all it, the yapping in the offseason, and yeah. here we are. And now they can't handle it very well. It's interesting because obviously with what we do, we're in the public arena in some way. And I'm active on social media because you have to share your opinions. But I tell my kids all the time, um, you know, and my boys are young still, yeah. uh, you know, 11, 9 and 5. But I want them off of social media as long as I possibly can, uh, because I do think it becomes addictive. And then, like you said, it becomes sort of like staring into uh, into the lake or whatever, almost like Narcissus mm -hmm. back in the day. 
because oh, it's hard not reference. it's thank you it's hard not to look at what people are saying about you you know everybody is self-obsessed in some way and it's hard not to you know just end up staring and, and get lost it, in yourself it, and can i throw one quick thing in there remember when i mean it seems so so yesterday now but sam darnold I'm seeing ghosts out there, and yeah. that turned into a huge thing on Monday. I mean, on Tuesday, right? Yes. This is a Monday night game, right? It actually turned into a huge thing starting Monday night on Twitter, <laughs> on social media. But you remember all that, and everybody was going crazy. And all of us old people, you know, all of us old analysts, there was a great amount of opinions of, oh, my God, how can he say that? You can't say that. The other defenses will hear that. You know, oh, my God, you put your t-. I said then, and I stand by it, and I think I'm actually right this time. I was like, the person who's not affected by saying I saw a ghost is Sam Darnold. Adam Gase is going to, you know, go out there and try and defend him. The Jets are going to be indignant that it got out on air, blah, 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 blah. And Sam Darnold's like, what? Because he grew up with his life, I call it his life on stage. He grew up with social media. Yeah. How many times have you seen now, and it doesn't have to be your kids, Clay, but how many times have you seen people who are interns for you, people who, who you've seen, you know, family, friends, so on and so forth, and the, and the friend comes to you and says, can you believe my kid put this on social media, and you'll see a picture that we would deem not good, that one day your employer might see, you know, your potential employer might see, and that'll be bad, and we're like, ooh, I wish I hadn't put that on there. And you'd show it to your kids, like, I can't believe you put this out there, and your kid looks at you like, what? What's the problem? Because to them, that's just their life. This is what we all do. These are the things that are out there, and it doesn't affect them. And I said, look, whatever happens with Sam Darnold, I see ghosts will not be the thing that keeps him up at night. It may keep up Adam Gase and the rest of us, but it's not going to be that for him. And I'm firmly convinced that I'm correct about that. He is not suffering from saying, I see ghosts. To him, he just said it. I don't know. What's the big deal? And it's a different era for these kids. Uh, speaking of a different era, when you played at the University of Tennessee, they never lost to Kentucky. Uh, no. Now, well, I take that take that back. I was on the last team that lost to Kentucky. Clay, I've actually had to carry that for myself. 1984, we lost to them at home. I believe 17-12. Not that I'm, you know, obsessing about it. Yeah, or anything. yeah. And then Tennessee went on that streak until 2000 and whatever, and 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 finally lost to them. Anyway. So the line is it's swung. Tennessee's now a small favorite. Uh, we talked some <laughs> between us about the Georgia State, F, uh, the BYU collapse to start Ooh. the season. But if Tennessee could beat uh, could beat Kentucky, yeah. suddenly like the script changes, right? You start saying, "Hey, you're going to make a bowl game." Maybe you get to seven and five, six and six. Certainly seems very likely. Uh, that would be a pretty remarkable comeback, wouldn't it? It would be a phenomenal comeback because that team could have very easily folded 10 after those losses because, let's be honest about it, the, the staunchest Tennessee fans, and you and I rank among them, we're looking at it and saying where the wind's going to come from. Because I looked at the schedule and said, I don't know where the wind's come from because we are not in that position of, that we normally are where we used to run November. Yeah. When I played for Johnny Majors, he always used to say, they remember what you do in November. And our schedule was set up for it perfectly. We'd play a non-conference game, usually someone not all that great like a Memphis State or someone like that back in the day, although they're pretty darn good right now, aren't they? Yes. And then we would play Ole Miss, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and we ran November, all right? Now we are not in a position where we run those teams. But if somehow we get through, Clay, and it's a lot to look ahead, I'm not counting on anything. Anyone who's lost to Georgia State can't count on anything. But it looks like we're in a position now where we can compete and potentially beat Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. And if that happens – 
that's getting us back closer to where we're supposed to be because those are teams we should be most years. And if you do that, then we can start setting our sights on getting back to where we should be, which is dealing with Georgia, dealing with Florida, and getting back to where we're competing for SEC East Championships. But we've got to get back to where we beat these teams. South Carolina has been accomplished now. Now we've got to get back to can we handle Missouri, can we handle Kentucky, can we handle Vanderbilt. And let's be honest, none of them are locks for us at this time. But in most years, they should be darn near locks for us to, to do it. And I know we're Tennessee people, and everybody's like, oh, listen to you, Vols. Check, check it out, and you tell me if Tennessee should be running those teams or not. The answer is yes. Outstanding stuff as always. Charles Davis, go follow him at CFD22. You're in New Orleans uh, watching the, uh, the Saints, who would be the number two overall seed in the NFC, will be watching this weekend. Thanks a lot, Clay. Take care. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. Huggies has more curves and outstanding active fit, so no matter what kind of mover you've got, they feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Come on, you know it. Oh, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Don't ignore your check engine light. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today, a free diagnostic service exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Big news last night from The Athletic. A report not only that the Chargers uh, would be interested in the move, but that the NFL would be interested in the move as well. 
I've actually been over to London last year. We did the show from London because I took my family, and this is the only time that I've ever seen Eddie Garcia in person because uh, he was there because his wife is a big Chargers fan, and the Titans, uh, we are season ticket holders for the, Ch- uh, the Titans. So we both traveled over there to watch the game. Now, our game was at Wembley Stadium, and I believe Tottenham is the new basic location where the idea is that an NFL team would exist. I actually think this makes a ton of sense. And I understand if you're in L.A. right now and you're waking up early with me and you're sitting around and you're shaking your head and you're saying, what what are you talking about? Like this team has been located on the West Coast for a long time. They've got their fan base in San Diego. Uh, They have relocated to L.A. They've got a new stadium in theory in Inglewood that they're going to move into and share with the Rams. It's fair to say, and I understand geographically a lot of people don't understand this, it's hard to go back and forth between L.A. and San Diego for the average person. To drive all the way, even up to Inglewood in the South Bay, yes, it's a little bit more convenient of a stadium, but it's still a major effort. you got to drive all the way through Orange County. I mean, you're talking about hours and hours of effort to go watch a team that abandoned your home city. I think it's hard to believe that there are going to be that many people from San Diego that still care about the Chargers. Once you turn your back on that history and abandon San Diego, I think it's a hard process to get people in LA to buy into your franchise when, just think about it, just think about it. You And I'll bring, I want to bring in the crew here, but the Raiders are still the team that a lot of people in LA feel a connection to. Well, they are going to move to Vegas, which I think is going to make them almost a shadow L.A. market. And what I mean by that is there's so much cross-pollination, people who make weekend trips down to Vegas. It's a drive that you can make uh, for a couple of weeks a year to go watch the uh, to go watch the Raiders. I think that that's going to kind of put them a little bit on the periphery of the L.A. market, even in a way that they aren't right now in Oakland. You've got the Rams, who it's fair to say are going to be the primary tenant and the primary in L.A.-based team. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, they've got young, talented, marketable stars in the market. You've got, and this is going to be a big deal, I think, you've got UCLA, which suddenly seems like it's on the rise. If you consider Chip Kelly, I mean, crazily, UCLA even has a pathway to win the Pac-12 South. Now, I don't think they're going to do it, but they're 3-2 and two in the Pac-12, and they play against Utah this weekend coming up. If they won that game, then you would have to legitimately start to ask the question, holy cow, could Chip Kelly in year two actually find a way to win the Pac-12 South and advance to the Pac-12 title game, despite all of the people who said, including me, man, this is an awful product on the field in September. You've got USC, who it appears is going to fire Clay Helton and go try to find a sexy new hire, whether it's Urban Meyer, whether it's James Franklin. They're going to try to get somebody to compete with the rise that's going on all of a sudden in Westwood and to compete with the NFL. You've got Kawhi Paul George, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis all in L.A. soaking up a ton of oxygen. And you still have the Dodgers, which may well be the team that connects the most people who live in the city of Los Angeles. Where do the Chargers rank right now on that flow chart in terms of fan bases? Dead last. Maybe the Clippers have fewer fans, but the Clippers have a much better setup right now 
with Kawhi and Paul George than the Chargers do. And I'm frankly not even sure that they have less fans. I think the Chargers right now rank dead last among all those teams in Los Angeles that I just ran through. In other words, they may not be very good, but there's a lot more people who care about UCLA than care about the Chargers in LA. And by the way, you didn't even talk about UCLA basketball, which if it ever starts winning again at a high level, and who knows whether Mick Cronin is the guy, but there's obviously a very big interest in UCLA basketball that factors in that marketplace as well. So to me, the more I look at all the moving parts, if you're Dean Spanos and your goal is from a business perspective and also from a legacy perspective, which leaves you a bigger legacy It's being in London. At some point when you age, and I'm not there yet, but you start thinking about the legacy that you are going to leave behind. And if you're an NFL owner, the legacy of having the first international franchise in football has, to me, an awful lot of appeal. And I think it would be hard-pressed to turn down that opportunity if otherwise your your possibility is is to be the ninth most beloved franchise in all of L.A. And then you also factor in the degree to which, if you're the first European football team, you have a huge and fertile international fan base that you can develop. Whether it's expatriate military members, whether it's people who have just overseas working, I want to bring in Eddie to start with this, but Eddie, you and I were in that stadium, and what the NFL seems to have adopted is basically every football fan comes to these games, right? It's not as if people just come in the jerseys of the teams playing, and I think that's because there's no particular fan base that exists there. A lot of people who are fans of the NFL and live in England or live in London already have a favorite team, and they just follow that favorite team, and they like football so much, they want to come watch their own game in person. But to me, this is an opportunity for the Chargers to brand themselves as the first international NFL franchise, and that to me is a lot better than being the ninth most popular team in L.A. Well, it's definitely a big football party over there in London, that's for sure. I I was talking earlier that I literally saw every NFL jersey that's available in that stadium. I mean, Browns, Jaguars, whatever, yeah. you name it. Every team was represented. That's exactly right. Um, as far as the Chargers moving there, look, it could eventually happen, and I understand the points that you made. I just think to say it's going to happen anytime soon, I just can't imagine the NFL is not going to give them more of a chance to try and succeed and establish some sort of a fan base with the new stadium being built. If they thought this was going to happen in a couple of years under the circumstances that they were in, then they're, they were fooling themselves. It's, it's going to take some time. I think that they didn't ever want Spanos to move. I, I, think he, I think he painted himself into a corner over the stadium issue in San Diego. And if you remember, I mean, it's it's like the Rams were there. They had already designed their stadium. They're already saying, hey, we're going to take care of all these details. And then, boom, suddenly you have this decision of, okay, we're actually going to make this move. And I think the NFL just doesn't want two teams in L.A. I but mean, we, I mean, but I really we had do. heard in L.A. for for years we were going to get two teams, one in the AFC and one in the NFC. So that it wasn't like – 
we, all we heard was the Rams are coming back, and then suddenly the other team was kind of thrown in. That was that was what we had heard from the beginning. There were going to be two teams in L.A. Yeah, but if you can't sell out, I mean, and sell out is maybe unfair because it is selling out. It's just entirely with the other team. If you can't sell out that soccer stadium, and it's, I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of an embarrassment to the Chargers every week for them to effectively be playing on the road. If you can't sell that out, I think what could happen is this. The NFL, I think, wants that morning window, and I do love that morning window to watch uh, when I get out of bed on Sunday. I think they like the idea of having eight games on a uh, whatever that time is, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff leading into the other games, right? The NFL is all about exploiting broadcast windows. And so if you had eight of those games that are going to kick off at 9.30 Eastern, people roll out of bed on Sunday and boom, the NFL's already on. I think they love that idea. Uh, And so I could see this as a part of the new collective bargaining agreement that the NFL negotiates for a franchise to be located in London. Now, there are obviously all these different complicated factors, one of which, for instance, is pretty simple. How do you deal with the tax rates, right? Because there are different ways that you get taxed in London compared to the ways that you would get taxed in the United States. And I do think something like that would have to get figured out as part of the collective bargaining agreement. But from a pure business perspective, this makes an awful lot of sense to me. Um, And uh, I understand for Charger fans, it would stink because in addition to the fact that let's say you live in San Diego and maybe you're at least paying attention to the Chargers and how they play going forward, are you going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. and watch them half the the time uh, in, in, in that situation? I also think it's a little bit complicated with um, the way that it would work in terms of them coming back to the United States when they're going to have to travel, let's say, all the way to Oakland every year um, and, let's say, all the way to Denver, um, you know, as opposed to just getting to go to the East Coast and play, for instance, if you had an AFC East-type team, right, uh, schedule. It would be a lot easier to travel to Boston and New York and uh, and and Miami, for instance, from from London than it would be to Denver or Kansas City or to uh, or to Oakland, uh, which will now become uh, obviously Las Vegas. But uh, but if you came over and played a couple of games every time you came over, in other words, there's no trip that you take from London to the United States where you play fewer than uh, than than a couple of games at a time. And maybe the challenge is you come for a month each time. Right, where you come and you play four road games in a row and then you go back. I don't know exactly how it would work. That would be a, a little bit of a scheduling challenge, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, let, let's go around the horn. I'm curious what everybody thinks about this. Danny G, what are your thoughts on this? Um, and do you kind of buy into my idea about when the Raiders are in Las Vegas that they're going to become, in many ways, a shadow L.A. team? Yeah, 100% on that. I mean... If you drive up the 5 freeway or the 99 freeway on a Sunday where the Raiders are playing in Oakland, you see a ton of Raider flags on cars as people in the early morning on Sundays are on their way up to the stadium. And if you take a Southwest flight 
out of Burbank or LAX, it's tons of Raider jerseys on all those Sunday morning flights up to the Oakland airport. You have a fan base here, and if the NFL wanted an instant impact with lots of tickets sold right away, then Eddie's right, talking about an AFC team and an NFC team here. The Raiders would have made more sense as that AFC team if they wanted instant PSL ticket sales. Otherwise, you have to wait because our friend Arash Markazi of the LA Times, he wrote a really good piece a few weeks back talking about the NFL in LA and how it's their fault. He's blaming them because of how they abandoned this market for over two decades. So you have, you know, 24 year olds right now in our marketplace that are not conditioned to going to live football games. And even worse, are conditioned to getting to watch the best national yes. game. And now you have to watch a crappy local team play as opposed to getting the best national game, which I think has been something that a lot of people in L.A. have had to get used to because for 20 years you could at least put on your television and be able to watch the best game as opposed to, you know, whoever it is, the Chargers against somebody crappy or the Rams against somebody crappy. In HD, in the comfort of your own home, without having to fight for overpriced parking and overpriced everything. Ask Eddie about the prices. That, I think, is the biggest problem, and it could be a problem for the Rams, too. I think we're all assuming that the Rams' ticket sales are awesome, but Liz Habib, who's a local sports anchor for Fox 11 TV here, they do a post-game show after the Thursday night games. She came on a couple of weeks ago, and this was a topic of discussion on their roundtable, And she pointed out that the Rams have not released any data on their PSL ticket sales. And Fox 11 actually inquired, and the Rams wouldn't give them any details. So they don't know how the Rams ticket sales are right now. If they're not sharing them, they're probably not that great. But the expectation was that the Chargers were going to struggle compared to the Rams, and we're going to charge a lot less for this new football stadium uh, so that in and of itself is uh, is not necessarily a very good endorsement. Dub, what do you think about this? How would you uh, how would you assess the NFL to London and the idea of the Chargers being the team to go? Well, you mentioned earlier the difficulties that would happen if the Chargers had to travel all the way back to Oakland and Denver. Well, I've already gone ahead a few steps and basically realigned the divisions in the AFC. You just move the Chargers to the AFC East, you move the Dolphins to the AFC South, and you move the Texans. To the AFC West. Now, yeah, who that, would say, you know what? That's not. Who would say no to Mahomes and Watson two times a year in the AFC West? You know, that's not a bad idea. Is that they probably would have to re, re uh, reallocate the divisions and to explain again what you did. You moved the Texans to the AFC West, so that would actually make theoretically a lot of sense, right? Um, yeah, in and terms then the Dolphins the way that's structured. The Dolphins would move to the AFC South, and the Chargers to the AFC East. And another thing, if the Chargers moved to London. They would probably go from having the worst home field advantage in the entire NFL to potentially the best, being the only team in London, because we all know that those London football fans, I mean, they are pretty crazed football fans, and if they finally had a team, I think they'd really show out and give the Chargers a home field advantage for once. Yeah, I I love that relocation on the divisions, honestly. Um, You know, if you move the Texans out west and you put the Dolphins, flip them from the east with never really made that much sense and then you would have trips i mean it makes a lot of sense because then you would have trips if you're the team uh the chargers and you're playing in london you would then go to you'd go to buffalo you would go to the jets and you would go to the 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 uh the patriots which are really pretty easy trips 
I mean, it's not that much more difficult to fly from London to the East Coast of the United States than it is from the East Coast of the United States all the way to Los Angeles, for instance. The travel time is not that much different. So that's actually a, a, a really good solution in terms of what the divisions would need to look like and just going ahead and moving the Chargers out of the AFC West. I, you know, and, and especially the way the AFC West would work now. I mean, the Houston... Uh, the Denver, the Vegas, and, uh, and 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 all of that in terms of in Kansas City, I mean that becomes kind of an interesting uh, interesting division as well. And like you said, Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year would be uh, would be pretty fun to uh, to watch for sure. So I love that idea. Honestly, I think that's a really smart aspect of uh, of this. This is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis. Cue the music, boys. It's time for top five, bottom five. I'll start with the five worst teams in the NFL, the list of sadness. In order, counting down. The Falcons are the 28th, the worst team right now in the NFL. They are followed by the Washington Redskins, who are now, I believe, one and eight. I don't think they've had their bye week yet. Then the Miami Dolphins surging out of last place. The Dolphins get a win over now the 31st ranked Jets. And the Bengals are the worst team in the NFL as the only winless franchise as they hand the reins of their franchise away from Andy Dalton. Again, counting down from the fifth worst to the worst. The Falcons, the Redskins, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bengals. Not a lot of movement necessarily other than the Dolphins getting out of the basement with their win over the sad, sad Jets. Uh, J-E-T-S, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Now uh, moving down and starting to to challenge the Bengals for worst place. Danny G, what would you say about the list of sadness? Same teams, but I actually put the Dolphins 29 because the players they still have are playing really hard for Brian Flores. All right. Uh, Dub, any major disagreement here? Well, I got my sad New York Giants in the 28th spot. They they mentioned on the broadcast last night when they had a little lead against the Cowboys. That was their first lead since week four when they played the Washington Redskins. So I got the Giants at 28. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? How would you break down the the, the list of sadness there? Uh, slight adjustment for me. I, I agree with Danny. I actually have Miami 29 and the Redskins at 30. Washington 0-4 at home. Uh, just a, and a league-high eight losses for them. Yeah, Since the reason why I put the Redskins uh, not below the Dolphins is because they beat the Dolphins head-to-head. And I understand if a lot of people have forgotten that game ever took place. Uh, but <laughs> I... I, I uh, the the Dolphins lost to the Redskins, so head to head is why I have got the uh, the Dolphins ranked below the uh, the Redskins. What about you, uh, Roberto? I was in the move the Dolphins, but like you, you said, the Redskins. I think a lot of yeah. people forgot that game happened. Yeah, so yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I'll stick with the. the yeah. you have there. Thanks for reminding us. Yeah. All right. So that is the list of sadness. Actually, now the top five is getting a little bit complicated. So I I bet there will be some disagreement as uh, we come up on the halfway point of the NFL season on where exactly teams should be slotted in the the top five. So my best team now, in the wake of what happened Sunday night, I've got the 49ers, the only undefeated team in the NFL. I liked what I saw from Jimmy G. 
uh, in the game against the Cardinals. I right now am slotting the San Francisco 49ers in at the number one team in the NFL. And again, because I liked what I saw from Jimmy Garoppolo, four touchdown passes over 300 yards passing, um, gave me a sense that his ceiling can be pretty high. Understand that might be a little bit controversial, but they are the only undefeated team. In the two spot, I'm keeping the Saints there. Saints are coming off of a bye week. We'll see how they look against the Falcons. Our guy Charles Davis is calling that game. Uh, we had him on in hour one. I have got the Saints sitting at 7-1 and one as the second best team in the NFL. This means I am dropping the New England Patriots down to three. I did have the Patriots as the best team in the NFL prior to their loss to the Ravens. I am also now bumping up the Ravens to number four, even though I don't believe they are a real threat to beat the Patriots in the AFC. They are 6-2, and two, and they have beaten the Seahawks and the Patriots in back-to-back weeks. I have got the Ravens at four. And then in the five spot, I love the addition of Josh Gordon. I believe Russell Wilson is the MVP of this league. He's coming off five touchdown passes against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I have got the Seahawks in at the five spot. So my top five in the NFL, basically at the halfway point of the season through week nine, I've got the 49ers one, the Saints two, the Patriots three, the Ravens four, and the Seahawks five. Wow. I'm impressed. I thought you were going to dog out the Ravens. I have the same five teams, but in a different order. I have the Niners one like you, but I only knocked the Patriots back one spot to two. Saints three, Seahawks four at seven and two, and I have the Ravens six and two at number five. Yeah, I've got the Ravens above the Seahawks because they beat them and they have the same number of losses. Uh, so, uh, And they're coming off the Patriots win. Really quick, who would you put on the outside looking in? The Chiefs at six, maybe the Bills, Packers? Yeah, it's tough to judge the Chiefs because of the injury to Patrick Mahomes, but I would probably, I mean, that that win over the Vikings, who I had in my top five last week, I'd have the Chiefs at six. That was the team that uh, that, that barely missed it in, uh, in my mind. Uh, what about you? And I'm not a believer in the Bills. I understand every time I check my mentions, people are always saying, what about the Bills? Uh, I, I don't think the Bills are that good. Um, I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs. And I think they may well win 10 games, but I don't have any belief that they can, once they get into the playoffs, win a game or certainly multiple games. Uh, what about you, Dub? What would your top five look like? Yeah, I have a few disagreements. I still have the Pats number one. Basically, my thinking on that is if the Pats and 49ers played on a neutral field this Sunday, I still think the Patriots would be favored, and That's I would fair. probably still take the Patriots. Yeah. So I still got the Pats number one. I got the 49ers two, the Saints three. I've got the Cowboys at four. This I was insane. impressed with their defense That's last insane. night. Well, look, they this lost is to a, the Jets. <laughs> it's one game. Yeah, but they've only I, I played eight. So you, this is this is a ludicrous position of you to have the Dallas. I mean, are you drunk again on the show? Well, no. I would I would have started the show off letting you know I'm drunk because I'm such an honest yes. honest man. You know, but uh, are you a Cowboys fan, Dub? I'm not a Cowboys. No, fan. No, it's not, not. Which is why I understand if he was a delusional Cowboy fan, why you'd have him in the top five. But that is a ludicrous. That's I, a ludicrous I just love idea. the roster, so I'm, I'm sticking with that. And then I got the Chiefs at five because the Chiefs. I was super impressed with that win against the Vikings. They have a head-to-head win against the Ravens, so that 
gave me the slight edge for the Chiefs over the Ravens getting that five spot. Yeah, that's a good argument. It's tough to put two teams in the top five that the Ravens have beat in back-to-back weeks, but that is a good argument that the Chiefs beat them head-to-head and, and beat them pretty soundly. Uh, what about you? It's a much better argument than your Cowboy argument. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? I've got the New Orleans Saints as the number one I, I team. I can see that. Uh, yeah. Wins over Seattle, Baltimore, and Houston. I've got the 49ers two and the Patriots three. Neither of those teams have played anybody yet. I'm, the best win for New England's over Pittsburgh, and that, I mean, come on. I got Seattle four, and Dub has convinced me to take Kansas City over Baltimore at number five. All right, that's a, that's a solid argument. What do you think about Dub's position of uh, the Cowboys being a top five team? No. Yeah, it's a ludicrous position. Now, Dub did visit family over the weekend in Texas. There you go. I think somebody got you to him. You think that influenced him? Yeah. Yeah, they might put some in my drink. Dub has traveled for 74 consecutive weekends. Look, people impressive. love hanging out with me. What can I and, say? And 48 of them have been weddings. Uh, all right. Uh, who is uh, who's up left, uh, Roberto? I got the Saints, number one. Yeah, I think, by the way, let me just say this. I think that there's a strong argument that the Saints are the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, I know they lost to the Rams early in the season in the game that Drew Brees got knocked out of. But if yep. they had uh, correctly ruled, who was it? Uh, Cam Jordan, who picked, scooped, and scored for the Saints. They blew that call. Uh, that might have changed the outcome there in addition to how good Teddy Bridgewater played. But I, I think that's a strong argument. And then I have the 49ers, Patriots, uh, Seahawks, and Ravens. All right. So uh, so somewhat similar um, other than Dub deciding to put the Dallas Cowboys in because uh, potentially he's drunk and or trying to impress a girl in Dallas who is a Cowboy fan. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. Huggies has more curves and outstanding active fit. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Come on, you know it. Oh, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Don't ignore your check engine light. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today, a free diagnostic service exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger 
Yippee, would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We bring in now our guy Petros Papadakis at the old P. Uh, Petros, I don't know if you saw this last night before you went to bed, but a report that the Chargers and the NFL are both potentially open to the idea of the Chargers relocating to London. Your thoughts when you saw this are? I never thought, I mean, I, I, I always figured what London has is a full NFL season anyway. It's just different teams but they basically have uh, a full home schedule right well i think they have four games if i'm not four? mistaken okay so they need four more yeah or like three more and that's the same as having an nfl team it's actually kind of better because all these teams are showcased in your town so yeah. i always thought that that was always kind of the goal for london was not to have a team there permanently like hawaii that people have to travel to that has to travel back right that has the burden of travel but to spread the burden of travel around the nfl and basically give london the nfl showcase that they have right now i always thought that that was kind of like the hidden agenda for the nfl as far as the chargers going there i mean it's it's I mean, the whole thing about the panic about the Chargers being here and nobody caring about the Chargers or people not being into it is, I mean, it's not really that different from the Rams. Right. To be honest, I mean, there's always been an out-of-town draw when it comes to NFL games. These teams left in the 90s for a reason, the Raiders and the Rams. The Raiders are still the most popular team here in Los Angeles, but I guess I would be surprised for the NFL to actually create a Hawaii-like situation with their league, uh, as opposed to just showcasing the league out there. Have but you got- I, I thought the article was interesting, and I was—I didn't think I didn't know the Chargers would would want to move the team. I thought they were pretty happy with the situation they have. They have a cheap deal in somebody else's building that's going up that people are going to be interested in. And I mean, I always thought that both teams moving to LA is not a play for immediate fandom here in town, but more of a play for people's kids. Right. You know, but I mean, that's, that's what I've always thought. But then again, you know, I, I didn't write the article for the athletic that came out today. And it, if it says the chargers are open to it, and the NFL is is into it, then that's a horse of a different color. But but 
it does catch me by surprise. Is that a good answer? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a good answer. I think the other, the next question that begs is, do the Chargers, if it's, I think the Chargers have to say something, right? Because to me, okay, though, the way you can look at a story like this is a couple of different directions. One, it's true, right? And uh, and it's 100% accurate, and the Chargers, and then if it's 100% accurate, the question becomes, did the Chargers want this out as kind of a trial balloon to see how people respond to it before they officially issue any kind of comment? Or and and that that's the if it's 100% accurate, uh, and the Chargers knew about this article coming, then it's a trial balloon, I think, right, to let everybody know this might happen. Well, the I know the writer here. What's that? Uh, Vinny Bong Senior. Yes. you should put him on. He's a good radio interview. Uh, but you know him, like you know him to be a pretty reliable guy. Well, he's a Rams guy. Yeah. So, so the leak the Rams could be coming. The leak could that? be coming from the Rams then. Who right? are pissed at the Chargers yes. because of the stadium deal. They don't like that the Chargers are not pulling their weight selling the PSLs. But the right. deal's the deal, and the Chargers signed the deal, and the Rams signed the deal, and it's a good deal for the Chargers. And that's that's just what it is. They're renters. They don't have the prestige of being builders and building an NFL uh, office and building NFL studios and building all this NFL stuff in Inglewood along with the stadium. Uh, so they're kind of like a stepchild to the NFL, along with the Raiders. You know, these are, these are owners that don't have enough money to build their own stadiums. Mark Davis and the Spanos family. Yes. And that's why they're taking a lot of flack, I guess, from the NFL. But this guy, Vinny Bonsignor, is a, is a Ram uh, writer. And, I mean, he writes, and, and he's very positive about the Rams. So, to me, Vinny Bong wrote the article, which I can't read because I'm uh, not subscribed to The Athletic. Uh, you have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt, too, because, I mean, my radio partner included, who's the Charger play-by-play guy, uh, they take shots at each other, the yeah. Rams and the Chargers. They are pissed at each other right. in this town. And that's what I was going to say. The other aspect of this is this is somebody trying to undercut the Chargers, and so they leaked this before anybody else wanted it out there with the intent of making the Chargers look bad. And the reason why I bring that up is now if you're the Chargers – you have left behind one fan base in San Diego, which is embittered over your departure. Deeply. And you are tr- deeply. And you are trying to ingratiate yourself in front of a new fan base, which now is going to look at you and say, dude, you're just here because you're going to leave and go to London. Why should I invest my time in you as well? And so the combination of those two things seems like an unmitigated disaster for the Chargers. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Nashville. Yeah. I really I really don't at all. I spent one night in Murfreesboro, <laughs> or maybe two, and there was a dog show at the hotel, and I had an allergy attack. Yes. Uh, but, you know, the, the NFL in L.A. is about the NFL in L.A. Right. You know, it's about Aaron Rodgers playing in L.A. right now. You know, it's about that that it's about 49er fans who are a gigantic fan base even in southern california being able to come see their team now what does that mean for the home team uh well it probably kind of sucks for those guys basically kind of playing 
16 road games, essentially. Yes. But I don't think the – I mean, I really don't think the NFL cares. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Chargers care a little bit, but, I mean, right now in 2019, the, I mean, even the Rams in L.A., it's about people seeing the NFL in this gigantic media market where there is an unbelievable sprawl of people. You fly into L.A. all the time, Clay. I know, you know, people from out of town marvel yes. at, you know, when the buildings start. Yeah. And they don't end until the ocean. Yes. You know, we have a lot of people out here all clustered together. And, you know, we're we're building out, 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 you know, into the brush. Why do you think we have fires all the time? I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of people here, and most of them aren't uh, – Ram or Charger fans. They're just, and they, or, you know, most of them are Raider fans, if they're anything, but really they just like teams from out of town. So I, I, I've always thought it was a, a giant overreaction that these teams don't have like some giant fan base traction when they, when they have only been in town for a couple of years and they, and they all left in the 90s. They, uh, I never thought it would be any different. But you have, I guess my big takeaway here is, if you are a Charger uh, executive, let's say, and you're waking up this morning, and obviously you know that story came out last night, and you're contemplating how you're going to deal with this story, the one thing you don't want to become known as, I think, is a totally vagabond franchise. And if you've already had an incredibly embittered departure from San Diego to L.A., which I don't think even the most uh, you know like rosy-viewed rosy, uh, charger executive out there could be like yeah that went really smooth we definitely managed to execute that flawlessly no the move didn't go well right and you lost a large percentage of your fan base in the process they have not followed you up the coast because it's hard to get from san diego to la and because people are angry in san diego that they left when you get to L.A. and you start to say, hey, we're here, we want our fan base in L.A. to know that we're here to stay, to have a story come out and say that you're contemplating and interested in going to London, if it's not true, then you have to combat this immediately. Otherwise, I think a lot of people say, well, okay, well, go ahead and move. You know, they don't particularly care. And uh, and and well, I, I don't just think kind people of particularly care anyway. Yeah, right. But if but... you were a, a Charger executive, uh, I guess you'd be embarrassed. Uh, you know, unless they're sitting there having talks with London and you know talking to people with a British accent on conference calls every day. I don't yeah, know. you know, uh, I think it's a good move. By the way, at this point in time, if you're looking. Uh, down the line, they know better than anybody what their PSL cells look like. What I would say also is, if you look at that tiny soccer stadium that they play in, yes, you may be able to get 30,000 Packer fans or whatever the heck it is, or Steeler fans to show up. But when you move into, what's that stadium going to seat? 80,000 in Inglewood? SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, and if they're not selling that place out, and I mean, it, it looks really bad. It and, looks and, awful and, if there's only 30,000 seats that are being sold. And yeah, you know, like the Rose Bowl when UCLA plays. Yeah, and look, there may be people who are willing to buy the Charger tickets now, and they know that they can resell them because that stadium is small and there's no bad seats. But if you've got 80,000 season tickets to sell and you can only sell 22,000 of them, I mean, they know those numbers better than anybody, and you're effectively going to be giving away the rest of the tickets and hoping that the Packers or the Steelers are coming to town to buy as many of them as you can. 
I think that is a sign if they if they they're truly looking towards London that they have to be considering. But before we go, we yeah, I didn't I mean, anticipate like eighty thousand Charger fans. Are they just going to automatically show up next year? Yeah, right. You it's know, not going to happen. Probably not. But yeah, yeah the way that I can only read the first paragraph of the story <laughs> again. But uh, it seems like the NFL and the Rams would want this story out, and the Chargers would not. I think your instincts there. Okay, are correct. Uh, Clay Helton. Uh, let's. I didn't anticipate that we'd be talking about the Chargers moving to London this morning uh, before I uh, woke up and sure. saw that story, but. I did anticipate that you and I would be talking about what to do with SC. Clay Helton loses uh, against Oregon. It's an ugly loss. The Trojans are now 5-4. and four. I think it's fair to say that Clay Helton is now done at USC. But you know this better than most. Uh, USC didn't expect to hire Pete Carroll. They didn't expect to hire Lane Kiffin. They probably didn't expect to hire Steve Sarkeesian. And they certainly didn't expect to hire Clay Helton. That is the last 15 years or so of the USC coaching search. That's 20. 20, all right. Who does SC hire now? Who's legitimate? Who do you think is on the list? Who would come? Well, Clay Helton hasn't been fired. Yeah. Uh, and the athletic director has not been introduced. And yes. There's starting to become rumors that that guy has cold feet. Oh, man, that would be crazy. Right. So, you know, they need to introduce a new athletic director who then needs to evaluate. When are they going to introduce this guy? I hadn't heard the cold feet rumors. Everybody thought that he was supposed to be introduced yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I've heard from more than one person now that that, that he's they may be having having second thoughts. Okay, we got to get to that. Can you come back and, and finish the show with us talking about this? Ah, yes. All right. It's Petros Papadakis at the Old P. We'll finish out the show talking about this USC coaching search as well as FSU. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Petros Papadakis with us at the Old P on Twitter. And so as we went to break, Petros, you were saying some uh, trepidation potentially about the athletic director who is yet to be introduced that he could be getting cold feet? Well, I've heard from more than one person now, and the guy hasn't been introduced yet. He was supposed to be introduced on Monday, or at least announced, and... No one's announced anything. So I don't really know what's going on there. But as far as your question about who USC hires, if what most people think is going to happen, which is Clay Helton at some point is going to be removed, and uh, whatever, I don't know if they're going to hire Urban Meyer. There's obviously ties to the guy they were going to hire as athletic director, Mike Bone and Urban Meyer with uh, Cincinnati. There's a whole bunch of ties. But, uh, they might be moving on from that. Carol Fult, the the president, might not be into taking that kind of incoming for hiring Urban Meyer so early in her tenure uh, at a place like SC that's had a lot of problems. And maybe Urban doesn't want that job anyway. If they go after a guy like Matt Campbell or or Matt Rule, uh, the Iowa State or the Baylor coaches, I mean, those guys are already making as much, if not more, than Clay Helton. Right. I mean, USC is going to have to. They've been getting away with bargain basement prices and not paying the going rate for a big-time coach for a national power. So, I mean, a guy like your friend, uh, James Franklin, I mean, he's going he's gonna to require a lot more money. Yeah, they need to pay uh, him 7 or $8 million minimum, I think. Right, minimum. So, uh, you know, and, you know, who wants to inherit all USC's problems right now? Uh, I mean, a lot of people would like to inherit that roster. Uh, but... It's not as simple as everybody thinks. I mean, USC has been run 
on a shoestring budget in a lot of ways by a bunch of people that are holding on to power kind of desperately. They don't have, you know, the same kind of recruiting department that LSU or Ohio State or Michigan has. They don't, they just don't have those things. They have not, they have sort of refused to modernize as an athletic department. So, uh, it does seem very clear that Clay Helton is on his way out, though, right? Would it stun you if Clay Helton was back next year? Oh, of course it would. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, I don't know who the athletic director is and right. who his ties are going to be. It looked, I mean, if you follow the pattern that this president has set, I mean, she has fired people or removed all kinds of different people around the university and replaced them with similar people to the guy who's the athletic director who's rumored to be hired, Mike Bone, which are people that are not connected to, universe, to the university, but that have that experience in that job at other universities. And that's exactly what USC needs. So I would expect her to make a hire and more hires like that as they go forward. What do you think is going to happen at Florida State? God, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, but I, I love how bad we feel for these guys. I mean, Clay Helton's buyout, Clay Helton's contract is like $23 million. Yeah, right. You know, uh, the buyout for Willie Lyles, uh, or excuse, no, excuse me, Willie Taggart. Willie Lyles was the guy that got uh, Chip Kelly in trouble in Texas as a yeah, recruiting guy. back in the day. Uh, the buyout for Taggart is $18 million. Yeah, you know, uh, if somebody paid me $18 million to go away, and I know that's what you make, you know, in the morning when you check your stocks, but if somebody <laughs> paid me $18 million to go away, no one would ever have to hear my lisping voice ever again. It is funny to think about, like, what percentage of our population right now, if you were told, hey, you're going to get $17 million to not do your job anymore, would think that you woke up and won the lottery? Goodbye. Yeah, and, and I, you don't even need to hear from me again, right? Like, Goodbye. I'll just write I will off not watch sunset. the Lakers. I will not watch the Clippers. I will not. I will not check with the Iowa State score. <laughs> I will not wonder if Les will be able to turn it around at Kansas. It will be over. What do you think, by the way, happens really quickly? LSU, Bama. Who you taking? Gosh, I desperately want Ed. You know, I'm yeah. so biased there. It's not like I don't like Alabama and respect what they do, but I, I mean, Ed was our defensive line coach in 1998. You know, I've been in a fist fight with Ed on the field and thrown the ball off his chest and tried to choke him. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Ed Ogeron. I loved competing with Ed Ogeron. I loved being around while he coached football uh, way back in the 90s, and I'm inspired watching his team when he plays the Credence. I mean, come on. You got a You're lot. all in on Coach O. I am. I mean, the guy's got 30 touchdown passes, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, so Petros wants LSU to win. We're going to be talking about this game a lot. I'm on LSU gambling-wise. This is OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. Huggies has more curves and outstanding active fit. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby.
engine light on? Take the guesswork out of your check engine light with O'Reilly Veriscan. It's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians. And if you need help, we can recommend a shop for you. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.